This episode of Ragcast Outdoors is brought to you by PK Lures, Bow Spider, and High Mountain Seasonings. Fish on! Hey, Radcast is on! Hunting, fishing, and everything in between. This is Radcast Outdoors. Here are David Merrill and Patrick Edwards. Hello and welcome to another episode of Radcast Outdoors. I'm Patrick Edwards. I'm David Merrill. And we're back for another episode here today. We're hanging out in the Radcast studio listening to the wind rip through the prairies here in Wyoming. It is blowing like you wouldn't believe today. I wouldn't want to be trying to cast a lure or shoot an arrow today. Either one of those hobbies is not going to be uh, very productive. Yeah, in Wyoming, you have to factor the W, as I call it, into every activity that you do, especially if you're going on a boat or, like you said, casting, shooting, anything like that. you got to be prepared for the W. I will hyposit that I came from the wet coast, right? the wet valley, the Willamette Valley, and I will take wind over rain any day. However... <laughs> there, there's days I do uh, I do get a little discouraged and disparaged with the uh, quantity of wind we do get. See, it's funny. You come from the wet side, and then I come from the windy side of Cheyenne, Wyoming, and I've had my fill of wind, <laughs> and so the wind just drives me insane. But it is what it is. It's all in what you know and what you deal with, you know, as you grow up, and I hate the wind, but... It's part of living in Wyoming. You just have to suck it up and deal with it. It's just part of the fun, right? It it, it adds a, <laughs> an element, a, a layer of adversity that, you know, sometimes a lot of people, when I talk about the temperatures we receive here, right, they think I'm crazy. I'm like, temperature, I, I don't care what, as long as there's a, a, a not a minus sign next to the t- numbers, I'm good. But when the W <laughs> shows up, it could be 60 degrees or minus 60. When the W shows up, I'm going inside. Yeah, exactly. Well, today we're going to talk about a little trip that I did this year. I did a multi-generational fishing trip with my family. It was my dad and my son and I. So three generations of boys of the Edwards family, and we went down to Flaming Gorge. So we're going to kind of go over that and talk about some of the things that we did down there on the gorge. And I will tell you, that's another place where when the wind kicks up, you get off the water. There's something about chasing big fish, Patrick. I don't care what state, what species. I mean, I, I still, everybody knows I'm, I'm the hunting half of this, right? You know, there's something about going to a fishery, a bottery water and saying, you know what? I'm not just going to go for, I wouldn't call them lesser fish. I'd call them small fish. Whether it's smallmouth, crappies, small rainbows, what it doesn't matter what the species is. If the average for the lake is 15 inch, there's something about, hey, I want to go catch a 22 inch, right? Catch the yeah, one monster. The one. And so you obviously got to have a little different tackle, a little different mentality when you're going after one fish instead of just lots of fish. It's kind of the same thing when you're chasing the big fish. You, you go away from where the schools are or where there's maybe a better bite, but the, the bigger fish aren't hanging out. Yeah, the lake trout is the closest thing in Wyoming to a saltwater style fish. And they are by far the biggest fish that you can catch in the state. And part of the appeal for me on this is my dad and I used to do Flaming Gorge trips annually. And after my mom passed away when I was in junior high, we would 
we would go every year either in may or in august and we would go to flaming gorge and we would spend a week and we would camp and we would fish and we'd set up and have a good time and back in those days we were tent camping it and i will tell you that was that was interesting with the wind like i said (laughs) down at flaming gorge because it can flat out rip down there but i remember there was one year my i went and my best friend came with us uh, with my dad and i and one night in the middle of the night a storm came through it was one of those big thunderstorms you know that builds up on the wasatch front and the ones that turn into tornadoes over nebraska yeah exactly so it built up you know over in the utah side and then came over the hill and it looked nasty well we didn't have much choice it was time to go to bed went to bed wind was blowing so hard like everybody was awake and we're just laying there waiting to see what's going to happen well long story short it flattened the tent tore the tore the poles apart i mean it just destroyed it and uh so we ended up sleeping in the car <laughs> but in hindsight it might have oh just been gosh. better to i'm gonna take my sleep bag pillow and go get in the car oh, while man. everything's dry well yeah we and the thing about it was is it didn't have a lot of rain with it it was just wind and lightning and it was scary right like one of those storms were 100, 100 mile an hour in a tent that's built for 40 oh, mile an hour man. Yeah, I mean, even as a high schooler, I was like, holy crap, this is freaking me out a little bit. It was it was one of those brutal type storms, and we packed everything into the car, you know, just kind of got a little bit of rest. But back in those days, Flaming Gorge, I mean, it had the lake trout, but... What kind we, of year was this? Early 2000s. I think it was like 2000, somewhere in there, 2000, 2001. Um, but those days we were going for big smallmouth bass. It used to have a, just a premier smallmouth bass fishery there at Flaming Gorge. And I mean, there's still some there, but back in those days you could catch a hundred in a day. I mean, it was pretty easy to go out there and just catch pre, lots of them. Pre-burbit. Pre-burbit, yep. And we would go out and catch, you know, public trout and stuff just to have some for the smoker and go catch kokanee salmon, stuff like that. But I have fond memories of those trips. And my dad and I try to take an annual father-son trip every year and go somewhere so whether it's Merritt Reservoir Nebraska or Flaming Gorge or wherever this particular year my son was getting big enough that I was like you know it's about time that you start joining into this you know this tradition into this kind of just special time you know as a, as a family and, and come along and so I asked him I said Benjamin do you think that you know you'd be up for going on my annual trip with my dad and he was like yeah and he got all excited he was just so stoked that he'd get to to be a part of the guys group you know and and go on the trip so what i did was I, i wanted to go for lake trout and you can go back a few episodes and listen to shane dubois and zach even both of their episodes they're both just really good at catching the huge lake trout they have some great tips and tricks on those episodes so you should check those out but i was thinking about that and i was like you know It would be really fun to go to Flaming Gorge. That's the place we always used to go. And go see if we could find smallmouth bass. That was one of the things. I wanted to find a big smallmouth bass for the Master Angler program. And I also wanted to find a nice lake trout for that program as well. And so that was kind of the goal. And also to get Benjamin to catch some fish. Like that, that was kind of the big deal get us all to catch some fish and have some fun. You know, I planned for the trip. I had spinning reels with lighter tackle for the bass. And then I had bait casters with 12 pound monofilament and whatnot for the lake trout. Now I'll come back to that later because that didn't, we didn't stick with that plan for everything. So anyway, so what we ended up doing logistically and planning the trip is we stayed at a hotel in Rock Springs 
because it was in kind of mid-May. It's not exactly warm, and we were pulling the boat, so I couldn't pull the camper and the boat, and I'm not tank camping out there in May, <laughs> not so with those storms. a reminiscent part of, you know, I, I'm, I'm picking up on some of these trips with your dad that you've done for your entire life now, basically. Mm-hmm. There's a an element of fine and pleasant misery, right? Patrick McManus. And sounds like the trips that have some of that misery while you're on the trip, it's like, man, it's ruined, right? This is horrible. But you're looking back on it now, 25 years later, going, man, our tent blew up. It was epic. And <laughs> we caught fish. We had to sleep in the car. And now there's enough time and distance away from the misery mm-hmm. that it was like, yeah, we survived it. But yeah, there was another trip that we had. It was like the next year. And we went to Fort Peck. And Seth Ewing, if he's listening, and I know he will, he remembers this. It was incredibly rainy. It rained for days and days, and we had a new tent, which got flooded because <laughs> it rained so much. Like, it rained the entire time and ended up sleeping in the car again. But, yeah, I mean, I look back on that trip and with fond memories of, you know, Fort Peck and just the experience of being there. It, it's an incredible fishery, too, and I need to get back up there. But you definitely remember those that you suffer a little bit. The hard part is, is when you go have a trip like that at a certain place. And my grandparents used to go to Flaming Gorge for six weeks every year. They'd pull the motorhome and the boat down there. And then all of their kids would bring their grandkids for a week. So I have fond memories about the same time as you of going to Flaming Gorge. And all Mm -hmm. we did was troll for rainbows. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we'd go We'd go slay the rainbows and cook them over the fire. And it's just fond memories of getting to play around in the sagebrush antelope. I mean, it's Flaming Gorge on the reservoir is beautiful. Some of the spots you camp, eh, not as beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, it's rocky. It's dry. But it's beautiful in its own way. Like, if you're up in, like, that Firehole Canyon area when the sun's coming up, sun's going down, it's it's spectacular. But, yeah, it is pretty barren outside the reservoir. <laughs> There's but you never get to go back, right? That, that The first trip you go to Flaming Gorge or the first trip you go to Keyhole or the first trip you go to Kenai, Alaska, you know, everything is just more vibrant, more exciting, just because it's, you know, and then as these trips wear on, and it's cool that you got to take Benjamin of, that's his first trip. And that's going to be his memory of, we went to Flaming Gorge, and I got to go with Grandpa, and I didn't have to take my siblings, right? <laughs> oh, he was so excited that he got to go on the fishing trip without the girls and without his sisters. And, you know, he talked the whole time driving down, which was great. And we went through Farson, and he's like, hey, I want to get some ice cream. So I told him on the way back we'd stop and get ice cream, which, of course, we did. If you haven't been to Farson and to the Mercantile, you got to stop and get the big cone. That, that is a necessity. So yeah, So good. If you don't know what we're talking about, you need to go check it out. Um, so Farson, Wyoming, Google it. You'll see what we're talking about. I, I usually get a baby scoop, but if you get a double scoop, be, <sighs> be prepared, my friend. If you get a double scoop, you've got an extra stomach. <laughs> you, you're going to go to a diabetic coma. But Yeah, just to kind of give you context, a baby scoop is basically like two heaping scoops on a cone. And it's it's as much as I can eat. Like, I, I can't eat more than a baby scoop size. And it goes up from baby scoop up. Yes. Like, it's a ton of ice cream. But anyway. You, you mentioned one thing I want to touch on, and it's in our society... You know, I can, I didn't get to go with Benjamin, but I can kind of put myself in his shoes of dad for my whole life goes with grandpa on these fishing trips for a week. And I get to stay home with mom and the girls, right? 
and it there's this i'm just a little kid i don't get to go on the big boy adventures right and now he gets to go and there's something in our society something young men need that i guess father's guidance and it, it doesn't have to be your biological dad it can be a neighbor a mentor a stepdad but i think our society needs more of you know guys fishing trips for a week and go with grandpa and dad and you got to put your big boy pants on and there's going to be some suffering. There's going to be some fine and pleasant misery, right? You're going to be out on the water. At, I've told my son that we're taking to Alaska here pretty quick. I'm like, we're getting up at 4.35 a.m. We're going to go stand on the river. And we're going to catch fish till we're done. And that means if you're tired, you go sit on the bank and lean your head against the log. We're not having tears and going home, right? <laughs> well, and that's what I told Benjamin. I said, this is a big boy trip. You know, you're you're eight years old now, and I'm giving you an opportunity to go on the big boy trip. But that being said, like you have to suck it up. Like it's, it's going to be miserable at certain times. You might get frustrated and that's fine, but we're not just going to go jump off the water for you. If you, you're just having a bad day and throwing a fish. And, and I'm pretty certain when you told him that his eyes got a little big and he kind of went, <laughs> do I really want to go on the big boy chip? Is this really actually going to be fun? And he did really well. I mean, it was, we had some temperatures that were a little uncomfortable, but he did fine. But anyway, we got down to Rock Springs and, and the weather was a lot cooler than we were expecting it would be. And uh, so it was a little bit miserable at the beginning. I remember the, the first night we got set up at the hotel, took him out and had some pizza. You know, he was having a good old time talking our ear off. So excited to go catch some fish. And then we got up early in the morning had breakfast and it was 24 degrees and i mean it was it was chilly we had prepared accordingly like we had gear for you know winter weather along with us so well kudos to dad for getting the hotel right not (laughs) not making him start out in the tent in 24 degrees that i mean you do have to adapt the big boy trip just a little bit when you do take the kid well and my dad is almost 80, you know, it's like tent camping is a little rough, you know, and on both ends of the spectrum, like I can do it, but it's, it's kind of rough on the other two. And so we, we stayed fairly comfortable and we got out to the lake that first morning. And, you know, like I said, I was there, I really wanted to get some smallmouth bass. And so we spent better part of a day looking for those dang things. Didn't find any, but my son, he pays attention to kind of surroundings and what's going on. And he said, hey, dad, you know, up by the boat ramp, I saw that there was lots of fish in the surface. And I was like, OK, well, let's go back there. We'll check it out and we'll go see what's going on. And he uh, I, I put on just a little it was like a three eighths ounce flutter fish as a nickel plated one. And uh, well, let me back up a little bit. Before that, he had a lake trout jigging spoon on because he had wanted to jig under the boat while we were fishing. And I said that was fine. So he still had that on. It was like a like a half ounce fire tiger glow PK spoon. And so he's jigging that underneath the boat over in this area where all these fish are dimpling. And next thing you know, he says, dad, I've got a big fish on. And all I hear is his spinning reel screaming. And there's line flying out of that reel. (laughs) He hooked about probably a 10 or 11 pound lake trout. And it took that PK spoon and just took off you know, out into the deeper water. And so he's just doing everything he can to hang on. Well, the problem was I'd had a little bit of lighter line on that rod and he wasn't strong enough to keep the rod from hitting the side of the boat. The line went along the side of the boat and found one little spot and it popped the line. 
so he lost this really nice lake trout. And he actually, at one point, had got it in fairly close, and I could see it, and I knew it was a decent fish, but it broke him off. So I was, I was kind of bummed, but... I'm actually kind of not bummed because that big one that got away for Ben, you've you've lit a fire that he's he's gonna forever remember. Dad, oh, yeah. remember when I hooked that big one and it got away? <laughs> yeah, it's it's bittersweet right now, right? It's like, hey, we lost this fish, and you you as dad, I want to take a picture with Ben with his big fish. Yeah, but I've seen this in the hunting world where a dad takes their their kid out and goes shoots just an absolute monster whatever and the kid 10 years later goes yeah i've done that whatever you know and they just like it, they're over it right yep because it was easy and there's no misery involved <laughs> so he was kind of bummed but my dad he was casting out and caught one of the fish that was dimpling well it turned out that they must have just stocked rainbow trout because there were tons of stocking rainbows so i took that opportunity to just take a back seat and I put on a three-eighths ounce nickel flutterfish for Benjamin and just said, hey, cast it as far as you can. And by the way, that kid can cast. Like for little kids, he gets some serious distance. He does a really good job. So had him cast out and I said, just let it fall and reel it back slow and let it fall and reel it back slow. Almost every cast he was catching an, either an eight or 12 inch stock or rainbow. And he just had a blast. And my dad and I, we just sat back and just enjoyed watching him fish. I mean, he sat there and I bet he caught 30, 35 fish, just, you know, casting out, retrieving, having a good time. We were teaching him how to, you know, unhook his fish properly and release them and do all that. So that was kind of a nice break after grinding the morning and really looking for smallmouth and not getting anything, you know, coming up empty handed. It was fun for Benjamin because he was patient through all that. And, you know, he persevered and then he got to catch a bunch of fish. And so that was good. Well, we go back to the episode with Al Linder, right? And what did he say to do when you take kids fishing? Take them somewhere mm -hmm. where you can get bit, right? Yep. So that was was another great thing for Benjamin of, yeah, he has the misery of, hey, I just lost this huge fish. But to follow that up with, I mean, I've been on some fishing trips where it's every cast you're hooking a fish, and that's very enticing. It's that's a lot fun. of fun. I don't care if it's a, I mean, I've done, oh, cutthroats up in the Pacific Northwest where, I mean, every cast and we're talking bamboo fishing rods and 12, 12 foot wide streams, right? But every mm -hmm. cast you're catching fingerlings and it's just, it's fun. Yeah. And that's how it is up in the winds. You know, you can catch a fish every cast. It's, it's fun, but I just enjoyed watching him and the excitement. He's like, Oh, I got one, you know? And yeah, I mean, he's wenching it in, you know, full speed, but I mean, he gets all the credit. He's the one who noticed the dimpling. He's the one who noticed that the fish were there. And I think that lake trout that he hooked initially was in there eating all of those stalker rainbows. So it was cool. We were all kind of tired, especially Benjamin. He was he was kind of flaking out on us a little bit. And so we, we stopped there for a little bit, had some lunch. And I was like, let's go try another part of the reservoir where I know we can get some lake trout and get on those fish again. So we packed the boat in, took it up, and went to the other part of the lake uh, launched the boat and it was getting late in the day i said let's go out we don't have to go far we'll just go over to this point we'll fish for a little bit so it was like benjamin's first cast he hooked a nice lake trout and it got off i i don't know i i kind of wanted to challenge myself on the lake trout a little bit and probably did something a, a little bit dumb but um because i was planning on catching pup lake trout i wanted to use a lighter setup so 
I had six pound mono and my normal spinning gear that I used to catch everything else. And so, you know, he got his line in, my line was already out. I got bit and I hooked up and caught a real nice 24 inch pup lake trout. And it was a fight, you know, on that light rod. I mean, it's a pretty beefy fish, you know, by the time they get to 24 inches, they've got some heft to them. And so fought that fish and Benjamin was all excited, you know, jumping up and down the boat (laughs) thinking that was pretty cool. Got it in. And what was cool too is as I was reeling it in, there was another one, the exact same size as it chasing it around, you know? And so Benjamin's like, Oh dad, there's another one. So he's like sticking his jig in the water, trying to catch it too. But anyway, which can work by the way. Yeah, it can. Uh, we got that fish landed. And then one of those ugly, nasty storm clouds crept in on us and the wind started blowing. And with our little boat, we decided it would be prudent to get off the water. Good good call. So we got off the water. Everybody was kind of tired. Went back to town, uh, to the hotel, got some food, got some good sleep. And Benjamin was talking about how he was going to get that big, big fish the next day, right? Like he was all excited about that. And so... We went to bed, got some rest, got up the next morning. It was just over 20 degrees again. Like it was cold. And I was like, let's go back and focus on those lake trout. Let's, let's get some fish caught. Cause we had to go back that, that day. And I knew we just had the morning. So we went straight back out to that spot. And one of the things I forgot to mention is in that area, I had also hooked a number of fish on suspending cranks as well in previous years. And I kind of knew off of this point, there's like a little cut where it goes from 13, 15 feet of water, and then it drops off to like 35. And on that cut, there's typically a pretty good amount of lake trout or other fish. You know, sometimes you catch rainbows there. They've got cutthroats in there now and some other stuff. So I was like, we'll start on that cut. I cast out and I think within the first, I don't know, 10 minutes, I had two nice fish landed. Benjamin ended up catching a really nice one. Um, It was like, I don't know, 23 inches. And he thought it was just a monster, you know, of course, in his mind, being an eight year old, that is a big fish. Like that's a, that's a fat fish. And the, the fight of the muscle mass of his arms versus yours. <laughs> yeah. That's like you catching a, a 60 pound halibut. I mean, his little arms are burning. Oh yeah. He, he was having a, a heck of a good time. And I mean, that fish fought him pretty hard. It took line multiple times and, uh, you know, he, he got it in and he was all excited Well, what I noticed was that morning he started to kind of burn out. You know, he was tired. It's cold. That takes a lot out of you. And, you know, he started to kind of get an attitude because, you know, he was, he was worn out. He was kind of done. And so I told him, I said, well, you can just sit. But I said, it's like I told you, this is a big boy trip. So you either suck it up or you sit in the boat, do nothing, but you're going to do we're You're, staying. We're staying because we got to get some fish caught and then go home. And to caveat that, I'm sure when you're fishing here locally, you know, evening trip around the house, when the W comes up or the kids get yeah. tired or whatever, it's, it's different. It's time to throw rocks. It's time to go. And you might get five extra casts in and then you're, you're leaving. But when you when you put the time and energy and effort into <laughs> just getting there and getting set up, no, we're not. Because you're tired and cold and hungry and wet, we're not just pulling out. And that's... You have to be, as a dad, a little careful of 
sure. of that line. But still, you warned him. You told him <laughs> this is going to be. And it wasn't even that bad at that point. Like it, it had warmed up to about 48, 49 degrees and the wind wasn't blowing. It was pretty nice. I mean, it was sunny. He was just I'm, over I'm, it. I'm kind of done. So anyway, we, we kept on fishing and I. Man, I just was hammering these fish. It, so it was did, so. Fun. Did he keep fishing, or did he sit down and just? He sat down for a little bit, and then when I would catch a fish, then he'd <laughs> want to fish again for a little bit, and then he'd sit down again, and I catch a fish, and he'd want to fish again. But you know, it, it it's all good. He had a good time, and he did catch a few nice lake trout, and so that was really kind of fun to be a part of that and see just his big smile and and the the excitement of reeling in a, a fish that size. Anyway, it was getting towards the end of the morning and I hadn't caught anything big. And so I was just kind of resigned to the idea that it was pup lake trout and go home. And uh, I made a cast out to a spot that has a little bit steeper drop off. And I was working my lure back and paused it a little bit extra long, let it hit the bottom, popped it off the bottom a couple of times. And I got thumped hard, like a lot harder than the others. <laughs> so I set the hook. And again, I'm, I'm using this lighter setup. So I've got six pound mono and about a six and a half foot spinning rod. I can feel that this fish is significantly heavier than the others. I mean, it, and it hadn't really started fighting at the beginning when I hooked it. And so I'm just kind of reeling it in. I'm like, man, this thing is going to take off. So I'm checking my drag, making sure it's good. I see this fish come up and I'm like, holy crap, that's a nice fish. Like I knew it was a good size fish and it saw the boat. It saw me and it took off to the depths. And I mean, it was peeling line really quickly, just screaming off of my, <laughs> off of my rod. And I'm thinking, I'm going to lose this dang thing. It's going to break me off. You know, I mean, this is a good size lake trout. So it heads down to the bottom like they typically do. And it was probably 35, 40 feet of water. Just goes straight to the bottom. I bring him back up. He goes down to the depths again. I bring him back up. He goes down to the depths again. Like the fourth time I get him up to the surface, my dad went to, to net him and he got the net under the fish. But he was extended so far, he had a hard time trying to lift the fish because of the weight. And the fish came out of the net. And I thought, oh, for sure, this fish is gone. <laughs> you know, I thought for sure it was going to come unhooked. You know exactly what yeah, I'm talking we, about. We have video of a king salmon yeah. of this happening. <laughs> so and, I had a marriage almost ended over that yeah, fish. I had visions of David's video. So luckily, fish doesn't come off. I had him hooked really good, had him pinned like right in the upper jaw, just stuck really good with that hook. And, uh, dad got the net under him again and i grabbed a hold of the net as well and we hoisted him into the boat and benjamin was just sure it was like the biggest fish that he'd ever seen it probably is the biggest fish he's ever seen um, but i knew it was close to a master angler but i wasn't sure ended up measuring it it was a few inches short it was a 33 and a half inch lake trout so it's a nice fish um but and flaming gorge standards it's not a huge fish at all but on six pound line it's on six a big pound fish. line it was not bad i mean it was quite the fight for me and it was it was exciting and anyway we got some good pictures of it and then uh i put it back in and it took off really strong i mean just such a powerful fish it was really cool getting to share that time with my boy and with my dad and have the three generations of us together on the water Benjamin hasn't stopped talking about the trip since we got back, but we went up after we got done fishing, we went up cause it was time to leave and we only fished for a few hours that morning and we went up to the fish cleaning station, you know, and, and filleted our fish and got everything ready to go. Benjamin was just really involved, you know, helping me with the plastic bags, getting in there and helping with whatever he could. It just reminded me of when I was a kid and I would do the same thing, whether it was in a, high mountain lake or 
if we had gone walleye fishing or perch fishing or something like that. Just the excitement, wanting to be involved, helping out as much as you can. It was just really cool. And for Ben, getting to learn those skills and being involved in that at that age, you know, being immersed in, well, why do we do it this way, Dad? How do we do it? And I'm sure there's thousands of questions he's asked, right? And there's even more questions he didn't ask, but just by observing and watching, you know, just when he was sitting there tired and, well, Dad just hooked another fish. What what did he do exactly? How did he do it? You know, he's being observant and Mm -hmm. being involved and getting to go while it was a little more work. On your end, for sure, right? <laughs> a little bit. You know, you got to make sure he's got his clothes and his stuff and get him breakfast and get him in the truck and car. It, it's more work for a dad to to take that kid along. But your dad did the same thing for you. Yep. And I'm passing that along. And I'm hoping that when Benjamin grows up, he'll do the same kind of thing. Because, I mean, it's it's just super rewarding to take somebody with you and, and have that experience. But, yeah, the lure that seemed to be the, the big ticket, you know, we had, of course, I told you about Benjamin with that three-eighths ounce nickel flutterfish that thing was just killer on those stalker rainbows but really like fire tiger glow and white were the colors that those lake trout like and i mean my experience in the past has been the same thing as that red dot glow with the white um and then of course the fire tiger glow so if you guys want to get a hold of some of those spoons you can go to pklure.com pick up a set of spoons if you're going after lake trout i would suggest like the half ounce to one ounce versions of those either the pk spoon or the pk flutter fish they work really well and you want to tip them with a little bit of like sucker meat or something like that uh, it gives a little flavor those lake trout they're they're a lot of fun and it's like uh, shane was saying they want to get the pup lake trout out of Flaming Gorge anyway because they've got too many of them, and it was pretty easy to catch them. I mean, really, and it's and they're fun. good to eat. Yeah, they're really good to eat. So going to that point, brought those fish home. The first, the first thing I did was I pan seared some with some of the high mountain trout seasoning that I talk about all the time because I really like it. It's Western style trout. Sprinkle just some of it on there about. 20 minutes before you cook it and let it just sit on the meat and really get tacky and stick to it. And what I do is I heat up butter in like a cast iron skillet and put the filet down, meat side down, sear it, and then flip it over with the skin side down and sear it. And it only takes like four minutes total, but you put a good sear on it with a hot skillet and then serve that. It is so good. And I That's put the recipe. Super simple. Heat I, up some butter. Yeah. Pre-season your fish, sear it on both sides till it's cooked and eat it warm. Fresh. Yeah. And I put it on the on the website. So if you go to ragcastoutdoors.com, we have a recipe section. So you can go check that out and, and try it. I mean, you can try it with rainbow trout. You can try it with any fish, really. Crappie, it doesn't matter. It is delicious. <laughs> and if you like fish tacos, that's a great way to go. Just take the skin off. But like a crappie filet, again, season it on both sides. Just pan sear it on one side until it starts to kind of turn white around the edges. Flip it over, do it again, pull it off and eat it. Oh my gosh, it is so good. I'm getting hungry. Fish tacos do sound Dude, good. Dude, it sounds really good. But you can go to High Mountain's website. They have, like if you're going to do fish tacos, I would do the Bayou Bass. That's a really good seasoning for that or the Cajun Cowboy. But you can go to himtnjerky.com to get their their seasonings and do that. But there's nothing better than fried fish, especially or you know pan seared fish, especially once you've caught it yourself and it's fresh. That fresh lake trout was really, really good. The kids were like, "Man, this stuff is amazing!" And I mean, they they really are good eating. They have really high omega three fatty acids, so it's actually really healthy for you too. Um, the only bad thing about lake trout is they do tend to have a little bit more mercury content, so you just have to not eat like 
at every meal every day every week you know you kind of have to meter it out but it's extremely good fish to eat and they get that mercury content because the smaller fish consume some mercury right from eating whatever they're eating and but the lake trout are 100 percent predatory they're just going after it so they're they're kind of the the bottom end filter those top end predators seem to especially in fish they seem to have those higher levels of mercury yeah walleye are the same way they tend to have a little bit more mercury but man it was good stuff it was a lot of fun i would just encourage you if you have a chance like if you're a dad and you're listening or you're a mom and you're a big time angler start teaching your kids you know take them on these trips i did wait a while to take my boy on a trip like this just because he wasn't ready if you're an angler, it is okay to go on the big boy trip and leave the kids at home, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. You, they don't have to go on every single trip every time. But start prepping them and getting them ready and, and then let them know how special it is to get to go on one of those trips. And, and they'll the, never forget it. And now the girls are like, well, when do we get to go on a trip <laughs> like that? So, so you've done your job. <laughs> you, can, kudos, right? Yeah. And I mean, they get to go on a lot more of the like local stuff here at Boyson and, and whatnot. But they want to go do Flaming Gorge now. And I know... Like my oldest daughter, she's going to slay him. Like she, I learned at our trip to Keyhole how good of a fisherman that kid really is. I mean, she, she put on a clinic. Oh, I've we been out with her. And Holy smokes. She, she outfishes me, Patrick. I'm not a very good fisherman, but she, <laughs> that kid outfishes me. She can work a jig. She can work a crankbait. Like she, she's a master. She's, <laughs> oh, and another cool thing is my, youngest daughter she got her fifth master angler this past week a fifth species so she will get the trophy angler designation from the state of wyoming so she's really excited about that she's another really good angler she doesn't have the feel that the other that like my oldest does but she's a lot more lucky <laughs> that's the way i put it she's she's more patient and she she's very lucky well, she's know. the one that'll put the time into oh yeah she'll sit there for hours and just wait but yeah it's it's pretty cool to watch these kids grow up but the thing i'm realizing is they're growing up super quick too and i have to uh get the time in with them on the water while i can it's time for a whole family flaming gorge trip yep especially now the weather's getting a little better Mm -hmm. so there's less less pleasant misery involved other than the wind today the the w today (laughs) is i can i'll tell you the the one time we usually camped on the other side of the lake and we troll out in the big more open bodies right yeah one day dad and grandpa and everybody said hey let's just go all the way down to the dam and we'll go there's a little uh gift shop up there and so we went down fueled the boat up went through the gift shop it was i bought a poster of a bobcat and it was that hung in my room for 10 years right because i I always remember that trip yeah and the reason i remember that trip is on the way back the w picked up well we got out of the canyon and hit that big open part of the lake and grandpa had a it's a 22 foot i think it's a mastercraft or a glacier it's it's an older boat but it's a you know pretty big size boat yeah you know and it's a it was an inboard outboard with a v8 in it and so you know it had several feet of draft right i remember water coming over the front of that boat going across that with it and we they kind of had debated a little bit when we come out how much wind was there because we had to go straight into it straight across and dad started driving and i can remember being benjamin's age eight nine maybe ten wondering are we just gonna sink this boat going across this lake it was everybody was holding on and it i mean it was not a fun ride 
Yeah, I had a similar experience in high school. We had a, a much smaller boat at that time. My dad and I had a little 14-foot mirror craft. I mean, it was a little tiny boat. And we were really careful on Flaming Gorge because of the W and when it comes up, what it can do. But I remember we were just camped around in a cove, had to come out around a point and get to the boat ramp. Like, it doesn't seem like it'd be that big of a deal, except for the wind was blowing and there were these massive waves. And so my dad was bringing the boat trailer down. I'm in the boat trying to bring it around this point. And I mean, I was taking on water the entire time. And it was everything I could do to not sink that stupid thing coming around that point. You're basically turning into the wave. Oh, my god! Turn back to go yeah. towards where you're supposed to go. Turn back into the wave. Exactly. So you're, you're making two feet of progress every yeah, 30 so yards. You're yeah. making two feet of progress through every trough. I yeah. mean, it was in taking on water every time you hit a wave. And I mean, it's picking you up, you know, and, and water's splashing over onto you. And I remember that was pretty scary. But you have to respect Flaming Gorge. So oh, you, you, when you said the W comes up, we got off the water. That's There's a couple bodies of water. And, you know, when we take the halibut boat out into the open ocean up there this summer, if, if, if the W comes up and the tide's ripping... Yeah. We're, we're going to call it. And you know what? There'll yeah. be more fish tomorrow. It's, I did that the other day on Boyson. We were catching walleye and we were catching trout and the wind started blowing pretty good out of the west. I was like, we're getting off. And the kids were like, why? And I said, because I've been out here and I've waited because I was catching fish and then had really bad experience <laughs> trying to get Even the boat those out. boat ramps, just trying yeah. to load the boat it's on awful. some of those, it's, it'll toss the boat right off the boat. Oh, the trailer. Yeah. I've ended up in the shore backwards with the motor into the into the shore because the on on Boyson, especially if you're at the Cottonwood boat launch, what'll happen is you've got that wind coming really hard out of the west. Well the, the boat ramp is on the south side. So you have you know, the waves are going cross where you need 90 to go. degrees cross where you need to yep go. and what'll happen is if if they're big enough like the one time i was out there is about three foot waves what'll happen is it'll push you in or you'll go in and you'll hit the boat trailer it actually lifted the boat over the, the top of the guides trailer. yep on the side of the trailer lifted over the trailer and then turned us around backwards and so then I had to bail out of the boat, grab the boat in this nasty water, you and know, try and push it around. And yeah. you got three foot waves. So. And it took three of us to do it. I, I mean, I believe it. it was brutal. So, but yeah, no, it's, it was, it was a good time. I'm glad that we were able to go on that flaming gorge trip. If you're thinking about going on one of these trips, I recommend, you know, maybe the first time you go out, call Shane, you know, get a guide. He's really good. He knows what he's doing. Um, you can find him. He's at Recon Angling. So if you're on Facebook or um, Instagram, look up Recon Angling and look up Shane. He's a really awesome guide, and he can get you on lake trout, smallmouth, kokanee, whatever you want to go for. And it's an awesome reservoir. And Take your camera because when you get down in that canyon, That's there's pretty. some awesome photo opportunities yeah if the sun's coming up or setting you should definitely have your camera and when you catch the big fish you want the camera too so when you pinned that big fish what went through your mind right 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 as you set the hook well i like i said i knew it was a bigger fish and so i got excited you know the adrenaline started pumping i was like oh this is gonna be a good fish that's that's always a good feeling when you when you know a couple um, times in my life i've uh, i can think of a king salmon and a halibut both times i i hooked you know something and 
there's a second or two where I'm like, I'm hooked up. I mean, the rod's bent and I'm cranking. I'm like, oh man, I just caught the bottom. And then it goes, it starts taking line and you go, that's not the bottom. And you just, I mean, there's, there's few things in this world where when you, when you pin a big one like that, right. And it just, yeah, especially on halibut when you go whack and you're like, oh, that's the bottom, and you yeah. crank up, and you're trying to unhook it, and then it starts taking line, and you go, wait a second. Well, with this lake trout, I knew, because it smacked it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was one of those things where, you know, your rod tip jerks, because something just clobbered it, and so that was a good feeling. It's always fun when you have a fish whack it really good, so. Um, Got to talk about our last sponsor, Bow Spider. You're getting ready to head out to another show, so tell everybody where you're headed. Uh, we'll be all summer... If, if you look up Total Archery Challenge or Northwest Mountain Challenge, we're going to try and make every one of those events. This next one is Hoodoo, Oregon. And then the weekend after that will be, I'll get it, hold on, uh, South Dakota. South Dakota, nice. So we'll be, <laughs> we're putting a lot of mileage on the vehicle, but it's really good to get out there, meet all the customers, meet all the people, show product off. And starting to hear a lot of success stories, a lot of, you know, people just testimonials talking about how they've got their bow spider because it's been out for two years now so yeah. guys guys that got on early have got to use them a couple seasons and they're really go go look at the website go look at the youtube video you don't have to take my word for it but if you're still carrying your bow around i mean there's a there's a new thing out there go to bowspider.com get a bow spider packing system and make it easier on yourself that way you don't have to carry your bow around everywhere and uh you know if, if your dad doesn't have one yet father's, father's day is coming up there That's you go. Right. Christmas is coming up. <laughs> you, you, you can, they do make a great gift item. So yeah, birthdays, all kinds of different things. Yeah. So go to bowspider.com, check that out. And for the bow hunter in your life that already has everything else, here's something that maybe they right. don't have. Yep. And so we're going to wrap up this episode. We'll, we'll come back with some more here pretty soon. I've got a couple other fishing trips to talk about, but that one was, that one was really special taking Benjamin. So, Oh, he's never going to forget it. And that's, that's something you can do. Anybody can take a kid, right? And that's, we, yep. we talk about that all the time on this is take a kid outdoors, whether it's hunting or fishing. And I know we harp it. And a lot of people are, oh, well, and take an adult, take an adult onset fisher or hunter, take, you know, a new person is kind of the whole mentality, but definitely, you know, you can remember back to those trips with your dad at eight, nine, ten, and there's something, you know, I guess you could take me on a trip with you right now and we could go catch 30 master angler lake trout, right? And I'll be like, yeah, it was a fun trip. It was awesome. It was memorable. But it's not going to be as memorable as Ben losing that 11-pound <laughs> lake trout that he yeah. hooked while he's catching i i guarantee you in 23 my dad took me down there and i hooked a fish and lost it and that i know it's still a little bit ben i know it's a little bitter right now that you've <laughs> lost the fish but i promise you in, in two or three decades you're gonna go you won't forget that fish because you lost no. him if he would have caught him and you, you had the picture yeah that's cool but it's not as cool as the one that got away yeah he's gonna go back because he, he he already told me he's like i gotta go back and catch that fish i said well we can we can just certainly go give it a shot i said you might catch a bigger one though and his <laughs> eyes get really big you know? <laughs> all right well to everybody out there keep listening we're bringing out episodes as we can there's 80 other episodes if you're just finding this podcast so go enjoy Yep, and so go to ragcastoutdoors.com. You can follow us on all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and, of course, like, share, and subscribe. Mm -hmm.